All right, we're set for another episode of the Georgia Podcast. Rich Casanova here alongside Artie Rudiman in our Alpharetta studio. And uh, today we have a great guest in here we've known for a while. Uh, goes by Little L. If you've ever ran across this guy in Atlanta, I think you'll remember him. Uh, we're going to be talking about um, his role as a serial entrepreneur since graduating college. But uh, we're going to hit a lot of topics about his nonprofit foundation and um, many topics, including uh, the goal of the foundation, the explosion of fatherless homes, um, and how you can get involved. So uh, let's get this started with another episode of the Georgia Podcast. Welcome to the Georgia Podcast, featuring the who's who and what's new in Georgia. Made possible in part by Global Podcast Studios, offering podcast studio rentals, production, and distribution. Visit globalpodcaststudios.com. And by our friends at Serendipity Labs, co-working, private offices, and more. True inspiration at work. Learn more at serendipitylabs.com. Now join Rich Casanova, broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel studios in Atlanta and worldwide across the PBC syndicated networks. All right, Rich Casanova here for another episode of the Georgia Podcast. Along, Artie, you're ready for this one? we got a good one here today, right? I am. This, this is a very interesting and very timely topic. Absolutely. So uh, as we mentioned, little L is joining us here in the studio. And um, as we mentioned, you're, you've been an entrepreneur since graduating college in 1994. This goes back a few minutes, as the kids say these days. That it does. <laughs> several minutes, yes. Um, and you have been also a business, small business consultant for 10 years. Uh, what, is, what does that look like in a day-to-day? What type of consulting are we talking about? Who do you work with? Um, basically, I work with small businesses, uh, help, help educate them on how to take advantage of tax credits. Okay. Um, a lot of businesses, they're in business, but even though they, they make money, they spend money, and they're trying to figure out, well, my CPA is doing best it can, but somehow I should still have money in pocket. And the fact is that the government has a lot of federal tax credits and incentives that this, they just don't know about because a lot of CPAs um, aren't taught um, don't look for federal tax credits and incentives. They generally look at how much the business earns, how much the business spends, and that's basically what they go on. And the business owner is either happy with that or they just have to deal with it. And that, that's your role as president of the RCAD? RCAD Business, business Solutions. Business Solutions. What is RCAD? Where would you get the, come up with that name? Um, RCAD, if, anyone, if you've read the story of um, the richest man in Babylon. Okay, yeah, yeah. He's the... He's the um, hero of, of the story. Okay. He, he's he, he's he's the guy who made this happen. He, he studied it. He he wanted to find out how did how do you live in a prosperous society and yet be poor. I remember that paperback I read back in the day. That 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 goes back uh, quite a few oh, years. Yeah, Richest yeah, Man yeah. in Babylon. Rich, yeah. Richest Man in Babylon. Long the the same context as. Um, um, Thinking Grow Rich and, yeah, yeah. and all of those other financial um, kind of books like that, epics. And then fast forward, so you started this Odessa and Angeline Foundation. Yes. Um, including your brother, Anthony. Yes. And this is in remembrance of your two, both your grandmothers, yes. uh, the strength that they demonstrated. Uh, talk to us about your grandmothers. What was their story? Oh, they were old school. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, back in the day, we had Big Ma, you know. Okay. And Big Ma was the one who held everything down. Was that um, on your dad or your mom's side? Big um, mom. My dad's side. Okay. My dad's side. My my. Um, but both of them were very strong. They both had husbands. Okay. Um, so it wasn't like um, we, we were products of um, um, a single parent home. But they were very strong. Yeah. Um, they they held down discipline. 
they held down uh, morals. Right. Um, and when Big Ma spoke, right. they, everyone listened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, was no questioning and having having a vote, or it was no timeout. You know, if you did something wrong, she straightened you out. Yeah. You know? So and um, all eight of her kids, none of them are either on the couch or on the pole. So we we did good. Nice. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you have a grandmother's story, I, Artie, but no, I'm, I'm thinking. I don't, of but I'm interested in Big L's uh, story. And uh, when you're talking about your grandmother, and then you're just talking about the one on your father's side and your mother's side as well, can you kind of paint the background? What what kind of part of the country are we talking about? Oh, South yeah. so South Georgia. Um, my um, father's mother and and and, um, and and they were on the country. Um, Back in the country, South Georgia had a farm. Actually, I had raised eight eight kids, um, both of them. And so, growing up, even though I wasn't raised around them, but summers and um, holidays, we came down and we we, we were exposed to that. You what know? what type of farm are we talking? What were they? What kind of what did they raise there? Um, hogs, beans, vegetables. Okay. You know, um, chickens. The typical. They didn't have to go to the grocery store. It was all self-contained <laughs> out there, right? <laughs> Not, no, no. Actually, I really didn't didn't get the whole breadth of going out to yeah, eat right. until later. Right. I mean, my mom used to come and bring church's chicken from church, and I thought she bought it from church. So I didn't know that actually <laughs> the church's chicken, you know, until after I kind of grew up. Right. And like, oh, this is where mom got the chicken from. Yeah, you yeah. Know? There's a store that sells it's, chicken. It's yeah, a yeah. store. You're right, right. <laughs> so this whole going out thing is it's a new phenomenon. I mean, right. I'm enjoying it, but I wasn't raised that way. I, so let's I, talk I, about the foundation here. So um, uh, this was, you know, in remembrance, as we mentioned about your two grandmothers. So uh, what's the mission of the foundation, and how did it kind of come about? What, when did it start? Well, it's relatively young. I started it last year um, because I look at the whole issue of fatherless homes as a atrocious, silent epidemic that we are affected by it every day. We see it on the news every day. And yet, you'll be surprised how much how little information is out there, out there f- dealing with this situation. Right. And I just wanted to do something about it. Uh, I'm not necessarily trying to save it, save the world, but I'm just trying to do what I can and touch as many people as I can moving forward and dealing with this. Because um, being a history buff, I always was trying to fi- find out how did this happen, where did it come from, and... Now that I know, what can I do about it? And that's kind of where I'm at. What's on the short list of uh, how does you know home become a fatherless home? What are, what are some of the uh, the top two or three? How does that come about? Well, in 1965, um, LBJ is th- um, amended the Title Five of Social Security Administration Act, and what that did. Uh, at the time, there were benefits be- being given out by the federal government, but primarily it was given out to um, Caucasians. Right. So the black populace and the, the so-called leaders, they pressured, pressured um, LBJ to extend this to the black community. LBJ said, sure, I would do that, but on one condition. Any woman who gets government welfare 
could not have the man in the home. What? So that basically it, it was it was called the no man in home um, clause. And that doesn't make any sense. Am I missing something there? Why would? Well, it does make sense if you see what maybe it, what caused social political social engineering. Okay. So by removing the man from the home, because prior to that, the black community was very strong. Right. Um, there was very few um, single parent homes. Right. And uh, most children were raised by mother and the father. Right. So by taking the man out of the home, you could see what has ha- happened since then. Basically, the government has come in and basically became a surrogate father. Right. And that's where all the calamity has started from there. And, of course, it's not just about the black community, but you look at the statistics. The black community is affected more than the tortures for the situation. Right. Where you have over 70% of um, babies being born out of wedlock. And when you look at the consequences of that, well, you can't miss it by looking at the news. Right. Where you see most young black men are the ones who cause the most of the, the crime, the burglaries, right. the, the the mayhem. You know, you really don't see a lot of Caucasian boys doing it. Not to say that they're not, right. but the majority of the crime is committed by young black it men. It creates a cycle um, that's been going on for decades now, right? And it becomes, exactly. uh, unfortunately, the norm. Exactly. Right? I mean, how do you break that cycle? Well, I started from first education. Right. I think that people knew know why they do it. They'd be more responsible to say, well, I'm going to stop this cycle today right. in my lifetime. Secondly, when you look at what's, what's happening in regards to um, the attack on masculinity, if you're a young black male today and you're being raised in a, in a home that doesn't have a, a positive role model, right. and you go to a school, most schools are being taught by female teachers, on top of that, then you look at the imagery that's being presented on TV. Now, and, back and the now, music and, and the, the entertainment music. scene, right? Exactly. Now, when I was growing up, we had Sidney Poitier, we had John Wayne, right. we had um, a lot of strong, positive role models. Right. Even the sitcoms were positive. Right. I was just watching uh, A Different World the other right, day, yeah. and the images and the messages that were that were presented as late as the 80s. Right are absent today as yeah. far as positive role models and what men, young men, could gather from just their environment on how to be a man, how to treat a woman, and what a man's responsibilities are supposed to be. And and the um, uh, not just the social media, but the media, and especially the music, it, it uh, really promotes that or encourages that environment, right? Right. It's all negative. Yeah, yeah. It's all negative. So... What I like to do is, is, is present to a young man that there are options out there. Um, that being a man is not just having babies and not, is not being um, violent. Um, it's being responsible. And that's what my grandparents and my parents raised me with. And again, the environment back then depicted that. So it wasn't a question. It was just we just did it. Right. But I think they're kind of pulled, though, right, from their peers of, like, um, if, if a, a, a young uh, black youth is going to um, step outside of that lane, they're probably, their peer pressure is, you know, you're the, uh, the abnormal, right? 
is like you need to kind of you know especially when you listen to the music that's just oh, it's, permeates it's hard, right it's hard it's hard yeah. but, but again I mean the abuse of women and so forth and um, I don't I don't understand how that becomes um, celebrated in that society and if and if you're if you're in that age group um, it's hard not to kind of follow that path right and if you it's, it's it, hard it's hard I mean but I mean I go back to the Bible it was said Proverbs. Um, you know, twenty-two six, where it says that you raise a child, and he he would not deviate from that path even when he's get older. And that's again when you look at when children are not raised properly, and especially when when they are not raised in a male and female environment. Being a black male, particularly male in general, because you know. Men, men, men are different than females going right, yeah. We're going to test the <laughs> boundaries, right? right? Exactly, yeah. So, but if you ain't got a strong male there to say, hey, yeah, that's as far as you out. go. Right, yeah. That's where you got issues. There's, not, there's no lines being drawn. Right. And you mentioned the grandmothers. I don't know if, Artie, if you have a, a life experience like this, but I think um, uh, one of the disconnects as well is that back in the day, so to speak, a lot of homes were multi-generational. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In that home, I remember um, we lived up in Virginia one time. Our grandmother um, was in Miami, but she would spend time in other relatives' house and would live with us. Right. And you had to um, as a kid, it was annoying at times because you had to be quiet when grandmother was taking her nap or something like that. Or respect, you know, respect the elders was a real thing. Exactly. Did you have any already experiences like that with multi-generational? We had different generations within your within your home or grandparents had a different role than they do now. Well, yes, you just gave me a a flashback because I didn't really (laughs) think about what you were saying. Um, on my father's side, my, my mother, my grandmother lived in an apartment in the Bronx. Uh, both my grandparents came over um, late 1890s, early uh, 1900s. Um, they, they came from, um, I would say, uh, Poland, Russia. There was no Poland's border and Russia border oh, were yeah. one at the time. Um, and yeah, yeah my uh, mother's mother. Uh, actually lived with one of her sisters. Yeah. So I, I didn't really think about that. And and to complicate matters, she only spoke Yiddish. Right. <laughs> right? So I really could not communicate with her, you know, other than some songs that she would sing to me or expressions that I learned. Um, but, yeah, that that is kind of interesting. I'm going to throw it to Nick, our engineer in the studio, because a uh, different generation. Uh, right. Talk to you about your experience of uh, multi-generational or uh, grandparents. Well, I think it's very interesting. So when I was growing up, my both my parents worked, and when I was probably six, seven, you know, I'm not six or seven, but before you know, I could go to school. My grandmother would be the one who took care of me yeah. all the time, and I would, you know, when you're little, you you know, you just call her, you know, just called her mom, just because she was the woman that was taking care of me, because my you know birth mother was you know at work, right. and my dad was at work. But the crazy thing, funny thing is, I still call her mom to this day. <laughs> and uh, it's funny. I mean, some people think it's weird or whatever, but I, I mean, it's just, it's, you know, mom, because she helped, you know, she well, helped she, raise she, me for those th- years. She yeah. was in that role, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, talk, uh, little L, talk to us about your, uh, your grandmothers, because this is what the foundation is in remembrance mm-hmm. of. So, uh, do you think that uh, molded you and uh, where you weren't in a fatherless home? Situation because well, of their. I mean, um, the whole family structure molded me, um, and my grandparents accented that. 
Um, it wasn't uh, my my mom and my mom and dad raised me strong, um, and my grandparents were there to support that, plus some, you know, to 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 bring uh, a reference point of reference there as well. Because you know, unlike today, I still respected what my grandparents said and when they said it. Right. It wasn't like. I'm gonna tell mom on you, grandma. <laughs> right, yeah. you know, th- that didn't happen. That's not gonna <laughs> work. That, that doesn't fly. You try that once, no, baby. Yeah, no, yeah. That, that didn't happen. <laughs> when grandma says something, grandma, that that was what she said. Yeah, it wasn't like going to get a second opinion. <laughs> well, well and just to finish this this line, uh, so I'm picturing my grandmother too. And we, when you saw your mom respecting her, you know mm-hmm. you couldn't circumvent mm-hmm. that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wasn't even paying attention to the time. We got some rapid-fire questions. We're all good. I'm almost out of time here pretty quick. So um, before we do some rapid-fire and some other topics, so uh, what's a call to action? How would people find out about the organization and get well, involved? Well, a call to action is definitely um, visit my um, website at odessaangelinefoundation.org. Uh, uh, you can definitely find me on Facebook as well. But um, I'll be rem- I would be remiss if I didn't go through some, some, some quick statistics real fast. Just give uh, people an idea of the epidemic that we are. Fathers, fatherless homes, crimes, 80% of the youth are, who are come from fatherless homes end up in prison. 70% are, um, are juveniles in state-operated institutions, and this is all from the um, unionrecorder.org. Um, if 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 your education seventy one percent high school dropouts are from fatherless homes um, behavior you got sixty three percent of use. Well, what's the percentage of dropouts? Um, seventy one percent. Seventy one percent. Um, behavior wow. you got sixty three percent of our youth suicides are from fatherless homes. Eighty five percent of youth who show behavior disorders um, come from fatherless homes. Ninety percent. Uh, fatherless homes, um, children are runaways, health, you, you got 75% of adolescents uh, are chemical dependent. And also, when you look at the, the mass shooters, right. the, the secret in all of that, or the, uh, um, the unknown truth, most of them come from fatherless homes. And White or black? What's that? White and black? White and black. Huh. Come from fatherless homes. Because a lot of them have, have be- behavior issues, right? They have trust issues. They have abandonment issues. And, again, none of these figures drop below 40 50%. Wow. And then we look at the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the child's sex trade. All the, most of those children come from fatherless homes. So it affects um, young girls as well as, as, well as young, young men. I mean, it's kind of daunting or just um, uh, it's almost too much to try to wrap your head around. Um, but, I mean, there, what organizations are taking the lead on this? I mean, uh, like the Boys Club, whatever, right? Or maybe the... the no, I, um, in doing my research, I'm, I'm shocked by the number that are not out there. Uh, again, it's, it's a solid epidemic. Um, black community does not want to talk about it for yeah. whatever reason. And white community... I, I don't think it really sees it as as their problem, because again, ninety nine percent of the of the kids that are in the mentorship program in Gwinnett County, particularly, they're black and minority, primarily black. So very very few Caucasians um, kids are caught up in, in the system like this. So again, you have the hear no evil, speak no evil, see no evil kind of thing, um, but. Again, you cannot turn on the news and not see the ramifications of what happened in 1965. 
So, I mean, are there um, uh, celebrities or thought leaders or taking any a lead on this? Or well, um, what? I've, what I've seen personally, um, I've seen Steve, Steve Harvey. Yeah, I just saw. He, I just he, saw your post on Facebook about Steve. He's he's big on this, and he's the one that I've seen most prominently. Right. Um, and he's doing a great job getting the word out there. There are a couple of movies out there. Uh, Fatherless. Um, um, I, I believe the movie. Um, came out that's that's on my uh, my, my Facebook page. So um, um, this gentleman who went around the country <coughs> interviewing um, um, not only single mothers but also single men who have, who have, who have been raised in in um, single parent households. He came from a single parent household. So the movie I would definitely recommend this going to YouTube and, and, and or going or going to this site. Um, and just seeing firsthand and hearing stories of firsthand of when the, the, the effects of um, growing up without a father. What do you think the, the possibility of uh, kind of reversing that legislation, that we can get the government involved to re- reverse some of that and give an incentive uh, to keep the fathers in the home, right? Um, it, it, that, I think that would be very challenging in this polarized political environment that we're in right now. First of all, the, the, the Democratic Party has to come to grips with what they did to, to <coughs> blacks in particular, and particularly in 1965. And secondly, blacks have to look in the mirror and say that this is our situation too, and, and then move forward because government doesn't do anything without the people standing up and saying, we want you to do this right. and mean it. I mean, um, I don't know how to phrase this, but sometimes I see like... Um, <clears throat> Uh, someone being featured on some media outlet, and it's the mom with the uh, kids, and they're kind of applauded and celebrated that this mom raised the kids on their own, right? But well, at, at, <coughs> and, and and I'm I'm not trying to to dismiss women who are out there doing. It. I mean, this is not anything new. I mean, um, you know, there were single parents and mothers raising kids before 1965, 1960, right. and before then. But as you as you said, it's just this the celebrating of it now yeah without the moral weight right to say you could do this but you're not supposed to do it right and in a lot of cases it's, it's done because the government pays you to have babies without men yeah if the government didn't enable this act the act won't be happening but at the end of the day it's the responsibility of the two individuals particularly the mother who created this life to decide to do or not to do it. I mean, it just seems so backwards. And um, so w- w- in, our, in our final minutes here, well, let me ask you a dumb question. So Odessa and Angeline. 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 That's mm-hmm. your grandmother's yes, ma'am. name. Yes, okay, that's mm-hmm. what I figured, yeah. <laughs> um, Good guess. Yeah, yeah. Yes, <laughs> I figured that was a safe, safe bet. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So, um, so what's next uh, for the, uh, the foundation? I mean, what do you? Um, how can you make a change with this foundation? How do you see? Uh, well, it's, it's the, my, my mission is is twofold. One is again education. Um, two, uh, threefold. Um, two to give young men a uh, alternative view of themselves and a view of, of being a man. Right. Um, it's the esteem factor. Um, again to beat back a lot of the imagery that is, is being so um, widely promoted um, in our culture. And secondly, when I look at how the school system is pushing young men who, are, who have very low self-esteem, 
into the notion that they only have one path, and that's to college. Right. And when you come from a home that you don't know who to trust, right, and you're not really seeing becoming, I don't know, uh, a scientist, you really don't see that. So when when you don't see yourself in the future being successful, then you go a different path in your in your mind and and be self defeated. But rather than just only get the one path, anybody could hammer a nail. Right. So why not give them a secondary option of, of vocational education where you could graduate within a relatively short period of time, uh, maybe 21 months, and graduate and be earning six figures, 60000 70000 Right. By being a janitor, no, not janitor, but, but um, a plumbing electrician. Tradesperson. Um, a tradesperson. And I think by giving them better options, specifically as a man, right. it, it, it would just make it better all, all around. So that's one of the, the, the um, one of objectives of my foundation is to let them know what are better options out there. I mean, it goes back to the uh, role model or lack thereof or the wrong role model, right? And then um, and it goes back to um, reversing that trend and giving them other options. Exactly. And the self-esteem. I mean, it's, like I said earlier, it's, it's pretty. I mean, it's to, 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 to see a young man build something and, and, see, and see that he did with his own hands at a young age, that's phenomenal. And then as they say, I can make money at it too, it, it changes the whole life. It's life-changing. I mean, I think um, uh, it's not an easy fix, but I think a lot of um, that generation is influenced by what they're seeing on Instagram and the music that they're listening to. And Facebook is killing them. Right. And um, if they can be redirected to Mm -hmm. see, like you said, there's other options. I mean, you can definitely make a change. So, uh, all right. Well, uh, Artie, I believe that's um, uh, about a wrap for this episode. Um, Little L is great having you in the studio oh thanks for having me absolutely one more time uh how would folks um reach out to you or uh find out about your organization dot org. Uh, i'm sorry sorry um odessaangelinefoundation.org and you can definitely look me up on facebook as well odessa angeline foundation facebook well um kudos to the you uh, making a difference and, um, uh, you know, attempting to make a change and reverse things. So um, well said, well spoken. We'll see you on the next episode of the Georgia Podcast. Thank you very much. Absolutely. On behalf of the Pro Business Channel, we thank you for listening to the Georgia Podcast, featuring the who's who and what's new in Georgia. Made possible in part by Global Podcast Studios, offering podcast studio rentals, production and distribution visit globalpodcaststudios.com and by our friends at Serendipity Labs, co-working, private offices, and more. True inspiration at work. Learn more at serendipitylabs.com. Join Rich Casanova for the next Georgia podcast and download on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more.